This week's episode is sponsored by Maxwell Mortgage Team of Cross Country Mortgage. Financing the world one loan at a time. Located at 9130 Galleria Court Suite, 101 Naples, Florida, 34109. Also sponsored by the Doors Open Connect app platform. Designed by real estate agents for real estate agents. Download on the Apple App Store today to get connected. We'll keep the doors open so your deals stay closing. Hi, this is Deshaun with the Doors Open Connect podcast, and this is my co-host, Rick Haas. Thank you for listening, and we hope you all have had a great week despite the tropical storm and hurricane threats and all of that COVID and election. We, uh, we still hope you had a great week. So let's do as we say and dive into the meat and potatoes. Today, we have with us Miss Lauren Maxwell of the Maxwell team, Executive Vice President of Cross Country Mortgage. Lauren's catchphrase itself is financing the world one loan at a time. In 2019 alone, Lauren has closed over 590 loans, really impressive, for more than $161 million in production. That's $161 million. That was 2019, and I know that she's already on her way with breaking a record this year. Lauren has also been recognized, with, uh, recognized by the Scotsman Guide as top lender year over year, and most recently, the following categories. Top woman originators 2019, number 20 top volume. Top originators, uh, originators 2019 ranked in top dollar volume and most loans closed. We welcome you to the Doors Open Connect podcast, and thank you so much, very much, Lauren, for making the time. I brought you a bottle of wine. Thank you. A little Miomi. Can't go wrong with wine. So, uh, Lauren, if you don't mind, let's dive in. Can you introduce yourself? I know we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast about your, you know, uh, background, um, but can you introduce yourself a little more and tell us who you are, your background, and where you're from? Absolutely. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. Happy to have you. So I'm Lauren Maxwell, and I have been in the mortgage industry since 1987. Okay. My first job out of college, and I started at the ground level, and I've just worked every single job you could possibly imagine. And in 1994, I really branched out into my own branches, so it did take a while. And um, for the last 20 or so years, I've been able to produce, thank God, over... uh, a hundred million dollars a year in business and we keep growing. That's amazing. You know, we're really impressed when we come into the office here and I'm like, holy smokes, this place makes me want to sign a dotted line somewhere for something. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm ready. I have an application for you right here. (laughs) (laughs) Got to work on my credit. (laughs) I'm good at that too. Um, so, uh, Ricky, you got to, yeah. So, so buying a home can be frustrating. Give us the, the 30K overview for starting the process and getting the approval and the timeline to getting things to the finish line. It's a great question. People call me every day and they're scared. They will ask me, hey, can you just look at my pay stubs or W-2s or my tax returns, but I know my credit's bad. Or can you just take a look at my credit, but I don't want to give you this. I said, look it. Let's just start. Do my application. Let me look at your credit. Don't be scared. I don't care if you have a 470 credit. You have to start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. I will help you, whether it takes three months, six months, a year or two. I'm not going to judge you. I've seen it all. But you can't get to a finish line unless you don't start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I really ask people to bring me the whole package. If you want to piece it, 
together, I'm just not your person. I want to look at it and dive in and know what your income is, know what your assets are, know what your credit is, because you might be self-employed and you might not claim any income. We can't get there and I can't guide you till I can see your credit and then I can advise you on your income or advise you what to do with your credit or how much money to save in the bank. There are a lot of people who come to me and they have negative $17 in the bank. Mm. I still get them closed. Dang. But we have to start somewhere. Don't be scared because, you know, I'm a professional and the people who work here are, we're not here to judge you. We're here to guide you. We truly believe in home ownership and I believe everybody should be a homeowner. Mm -hmm. Why pay somebody else's mortgage? Exactly. Yeah. And I get a question for you later on about that, but, uh, uh, before we get to that question, you know, the market is so saturated down here, just like every other person seems to be a real estate agent, it would appear that there are just as many MLOs. Um, how does cross country and the Maxwell team stand out from the competition? Well, to me, that's easy. In this office here, when you're part of the Maxwell mortgage team, number one, you're under my tutelage, <laughs> and I do have a lot of experience. There's nothing I haven't done. But the bottom line is we never changed our guidelines during COVID. So we do credit scores and stuff. We do credit scores as low as 580 with a three and a half percent down payment. But I actually do loans with a 500 credit score. Like I have somebody right now at a 512, but he has 10% down. He had the money. He just couldn't fix his credit and they're not getting gouged in the rates. We're a firm believer that we pass on what we create as far as our pricing so they're still at a three or three and a quarter percent rate at a 512 credit score you know if you went somewhere else they're going to tell you you need 30 or 40 percent down and your rate's going to be 10 percent in four points we're at three and a quarter with one one and a half points so we are consistent we never changed our credit scores when all the other lenders were changing it during COVID to 640 660 680 we never changed our guidelines don't change when things come up and there are issues. Somebody might buy a new car or they lose a job. We're not just going to go, oh, I can't do your loan. We are truly going to work with you. We're going to wait until you either get the new job. We're going to figure out if we have to add a co-signer to your loan for the new car. Whatever it will be, we're just not going to give up on you. Like, no is just not in my repertoire of words. No is, you know, unless I tell you at the very beginning. So if you come to me and there's just no way I can help you, if you have an ITIN number, if you don't claim any taxes and have no desire to do it, if you don't want to put a dollar in the bank, you know, if you come to me with those unrealistic expectations and expect me to help you, then I can't. Mm -hmm. But if you want to work for it, we want to work for it and we want to help you and guide you. And that's something I've experienced a lot with my buyers over the last six months is they go to a bank first mm -hmm. and the bank says, oh, you don't have, you know, close to a 700 credit score. No, sorry, we can't help you. Oh, you have a 620 or oh, you have a... 600 you have a 580 oh sorry we can't help you and and what what sucks about it is they don't even have the decency to say you know what maybe this person could help you out they just kick you out the door and then that's it i love banks you know because they do they make me look so good just because i do my job <laughs> in this industry the good news is that a lot of mlos when they can't do a deal they're I have, they have me on my on their cell phone, and they call me, Lauren, I can't get this done. This is why. These are our guidelines. Can we send them over to you? So most MLOs want to help their clients, mm -hmm. and they will send them to me. I mean, I close um, at least two a week from people like that. I had a realtor who went through two other MLOs and then came to me last night. They sent me everything, brought me everything. This These poor people for two months have wasted money on inspections, appraisals. They never qualified from day one. 
but you said how many MLOs are there? New MLOs just wanting to take a deal in, think they can make it work. It just wasn't workable. I mean, they already owned a home. They didn't have to go own another home, and they wasted so much money of these clients' money, and now their money was hard. They're going to lose $5,800. So, <sighs> I mean, you know, I said, we'll try in any way. You need a cosigner, but there was just no way. Now, why have they been um, pulled around for two months when in three hours really? I could look at it and say, I'm so sorry. There's just no possibility. Sometimes I feel like those MLOs just get a file and they throw it behind their shoulder and say, we'll figure this out in 30 days. And it, and then 30 days rolls around. They're like, oh boy, wait, when's the financial contingency? When's all this? Oh boy, we're two days away from that. What do I got to do now? And and I've seen that happen where people lose their escrow because MLOs don't stay on top of the game, you know? And then there are realtors out there sometimes that they'll call me and say, hey, can you just give me a pre-approval letter? I go, well, he hasn't applied. Yeah, I know, but they're good. They're good. And I'm like, okay, listen, my pre-approval letters are kind of like a cash deal because if I put my name on there and my signature, I've looked at your credit. I've looked at your assets. I've looked at your income. They're not just a piece of paper. It's real. I mean, these are people's livelihoods. You have sellers there that you have to deal with, and then they're selling a house. You have, it's a ripple effect. You have to do your due diligence. You have to do your job. And I would think that it's a partnership. Any realtor who works with us know how, knows how I work, and I know how they work. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I hate to dive in it so, so soon, but it's kind of juicy. So the election is finally over. There were investors and people. No, it's not. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, it's still teetering. But, It'll be over in weeks. You know, there, there, there were investors and people looking to buy who wanted to see who would win before they made any moves? Is it too, too early to tell or are you already seeing some things happening or is it slowing down in your office? What, what outlook or advice can you give to somebody who's predicated their buy or sale uh, on the election? I mean, so I'm an investor too and I'm not gonna lie, I do some private mortgages as well and I stopped doing them about a week ago because I wanna see what's gonna happen. Because mm -hmm. it is an unknown. Right. Now, that being said, everybody needs a place to live. I am 70% first-time home buyers, so my market has not changed because you're going to have to rent somewhere, so you might as well own. Rates are still low. Um, yes, there's pros and cons. I mean, Democrats are, they, you know, they want those first-time home buyers and, you know, people with less income to buy homes. Mm -hmm. that, that's good. In other ways, they're much more strict than the Republicans have been over the eight years last eight years. So I don't know what's going to happen with the government and credit scores. I mean, we can lend on the 500 and 580 because really that's what the government says you can. That's how we sell directly to Ginny May. I don't know. It used to be 620, 640. So we don't know. Right. Don't know what rates are going to do. Um, I think up until, you know, we actually have a new president and they're in office. I think you have a few more months to get in and I think you should, but I'm not saying it's going to go to the wayside, right. we just don't know. Right. I can tell you that if, if I was a new home buyer, I would want to buy within the next 90 days and get into a 30-year fixed rate, and this way you have your house. There you go. And again, there's everybody's always going to want home ownership. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if the money will be as cheap. Yeah. I, think, I think that attributes to the why we're down about 30% in inventory, too, because I've talked to a lot of people that are like, we're going to wait until after the election before we list our house. We don't know what's going to go on. I'm like, no, the market's hot. List it now. <laughs> it's top dollar right now. Which, it's top dollar. When, when, and this is somewhat off topic, but I noticed something today because I worked with an investor. When I started in the business, there was at least 80 to 90 
foreclosures on any given day on the MLS in Naples, just Naples. Now there's like 11 and it's really weird, but I think in, in the next year or two, obviously because of this pandemic, when things kind of run out on employment and all that crap, um, we're going to be seeing a big influx of that. But I, but that just told me how hot. I'm not sure. And I'm telling you why, because remember, you're also, people are going to be making more money, you know, little by little with the new $15 an hour, it's not going to happen overnight, but that minimum wage is going to go up. Mm -hmm. You're always going to hear, remember we live in Naples. So right, the Ritz Carlton's here, two of them, Mm -hmm. all of the the teachers, the firemen, the police, these are all steady jobs. So that when during COVID and other people in other areas lost jobs other than, and it was really sad, servers, right? Mm -hmm. And nail salons, hair salons almost everybody else was working and even servers that i knew were working all the takeout and look at let's face it it was really busy in takeout Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure if we'll really have the loss of jobs Mm -hmm. i'm worried more about our safety and there was bite squad and uber and and lyft and those things so i want to talk a little bit about some of the types of loans we'll start with usda what are the requirements can you go into detail with what that is Um, And is it true that you can buy a home with no money down? Yes, that is very true. Actually, I think it was 2017 or 18. Well, both of those years, one year I was number two in the country for the most USDA loans, and one year we're number four. Who do we got to (laughs) kill? Well, the problem is is that they changed um, where they would lend to. For years and years and years, all of Naples was in a USDA zone. Mm. And it finally caught up to us. And I think it was changed in 2018 where it was only east of I-75. So that changed the whole world because you could go anywhere from Willoughby Acres, anywhere. It was great. Why, why is that? I have no idea because there must have been some, you know, politician somewhere and, and it, whatever. It is mm. what it is. But, um, you know, can you imagine Fort Myers, Lehigh Acres is all rural and that's not USDA. It's really, it's a strange thing. It's a strange map. So Collier County, I can speak more of anywhere east of 75. So there you go from 951 east, anything single family and a townhome like Summit Place, Bristol Pine, they're all great. Okay. No duplexes, no condos. 620 credit score is where I like to be. I could be a little lower, but you'd have to have really good compensating factors. Okay. There are income limits. It will depend upon family size. So, for instance, right now I have clients who make just over 100000 a year for a family of four, but they pay over $11,000 a year in childcare. So that brings their income that we use back down to eighty nine. I think it's around a 93750 number, and if it's a family of five and over, it's about one hundred and ten. Okay. When you call me, I get into all the nitty details, <laughs> and, and then we look at everything you do for childcare. Um, it's a phenomenal loan. So you could buy, I do a lot of stuff in Ave Maria. Okay. You could buy it. There's no sales price limit. You just have to qualify. A $500,000 home. They gave the builder 3% to start building. The builder paid all their closing costs because you could pay up to 6% of closing costs. And they got all of their 3% that they gave the builder to start the house back at closing. They got 15 grand back. Wow. These are the stories. And their mortgage insurance is less than half of FHA. It's a phenomenal loan for anyone who qualifies. Not everybody can. I just took a deal from another builder. They couldn't figure out how to get the guy to qualify. He came to me. We're closing November 24th. And uh, it's, you know, buying out there. One of those beautiful big homes off of, you know, 951 with the HOA fees. And he is just tickled pink that 
He's he gave his money. He has to pay off a car, and he's still going to get back like a thousand dollars. That's great. That's, I mean, it's that's super great. exciting <laughs> when you qualify. The ratios are a little stricter than FHA. They're not, you know, it's not going to go as high. So it's a little stricter of a loan, but many people qualify, and when you do, I always sell it. That's what's, awesome. What, what's the the just to highlight the credit score that you, you kind of need? Six twenty. Six twenty. Again, I'm not saying no that I'll never do it at six hundred or six twelve, but it's I don't sell that program because it's really much more strict for their assets and your income, how much you can increase. So if you're paying no rent living at home, right? And now you're going to go to 1500, it's not going to work. You can't increase by more than 15%. There's a lot of, you know, nitty gritty rules that you'll get into, but I say 620 is pretty standard. A lot of variables. And Mm -hmm. what is the one-time close program? That's a construction loan. Okay. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So we also, when I first came on here, you asked about why you would come to me across country. When I came to work here in July of 18, it was because I really respected the owner of the company. I was looking to make a move. And one of the things I said, I need a good construction perm program because before the crash of 07, I used to do a lot of construction. Nobody wanted to do that. He listened. He understood. We worked together. And he made a program up, literally, that now we have nationwide for cross-country mortgage. And it's an FHA, VA that I do the most, construction perm loans. We do other programs too, but this is amazing. So let's just say you want to go build a house. You buy a piece of land, you have a builder. We're going to do that loan for you, and you can build in all your closing costs. You can build in the construction interest so you're not paying housing payment at the same time that you're paying your mortgage interest, and you could build the home at 3.5% down. Wow. You need a 640 credit score for that, but a veteran can do zero down. To do a one-time closing construction perm loan, we're the only ones who are going to have it with those guidelines for government loans. Jeez. That's why you guys are the best, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. Well, let's, uh, let's go over FHA, um, the requirements, credit scores, and how does, that, how does your program stand out above the rest? Well, we kind of hit on that before. We are a direct lender. Okay. So I can start at a 500 credit score with 10% down. My standard is 580. When people first come here and they help me and they're my loan officer assistants, they'll bring me a file and go, oh, yeah, I don't know about this. It's, you know, 582. I'm like, what do you mean? That's good. So <laughs> they, I retrain people. So when they come here, if I, I don't let anybody say, oh, no, this isn't a good loan. I go, don't ever say that because we'll get it to be good. We really will. We want to help them. We want to help them achieve their goals and fix their credit. So 580, when I see it, I'm happy. That's like, that's my threshold, 3.5% down. I work and educate the real estate agents what you need to negotiate so that the seller pays all the closing costs. And um, we really become a team. And people can't believe like that you're so excited that they have a 580 score because they'll come to you and they'll say, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, you can set me up with a mortgage person, but I'm going to let you know my, my my credit's not good because they've been trained that you need the 640, the 660, the 680, the 700 credit score to do their loan. So when we're happy and say, okay, here, I'm issuing, I'm issuing you an approval, they're not leaving you because you sent them to us. So our goal is to have you send them to us and we make you look good and we become partners for life. I, I have a quick question. Um, we would talked about this a little bit, but if you're a server, a bartender, and you make cash tips, 
What advice could you give the hospitality force so they, they're able to either get themselves ready or prepared to, to buy a home if they want to want to buy a home? Because I have so many people that come to me and they're like, well, I make all this. And it's like the only suggestion I really have for them is, you know, have a manager maybe write a letter or GM write a letter or something along those lines. But most people can't can't get anything done. Do you know why letters mean nothing? Because anybody could type them <laughs> because up. Because in 2007, <laughs> appraisers were giving out appraisals saying it was worth something. Attorneys were saying they were holding money in escrow, and employers were saying they were employed. Mm. So letter when somebody says, oh, well, I have an escrow letter, and they're holding ten grand, means nothing to me. Show me a copy of the check or the wire, and I need your bank statement to show it came out of the account. So a letter is worthless. It's kind of like toilet paper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, what they could do is they could start claiming it on their pay. And I have a ton of servers who do that now. So I'm not sure if they're picking it up, they're learning, or if they just don't want to, you know, they want to claim income. So they want, you want to claim it because you want to be able to get social security when you're older. You know, cash all your years is later on in life when you're old and you're getting more decrepit and you don't want to work and be a server and have all these jobs. You want to have something to rely on. Mm -hmm. So I would say claim, and I'm not saying that you have to claim, you know, whatever, claim enough and start working with you. And then me. So then I say, hey, listen, if you claim 40 grand, this is what you're going to qualify for. If you claim 50 grand, this is what you're going to qualify for. Some people don't know. Their family lives with them. They might only make $600 a month for Social Security. They don't think it's going to be a big deal. And I'll ask them the questions. Do you have any family members who live with you? Let's add, can they go on the loan? If they're contributing anyway, it's a Social Security awards letter. That $600 might put you over the top to qualify for another 40 or 50 grand a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, for an, in a home. Yeah. And education is very important. Like you stress about a lot and so do we. And so this question comes from buyers. So buyers see the name Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. They don't understand what that means. Could you just elaborate a little bit the difference between the two and what they mean? Sure. Um, well, we don't want to confuse the buyer, mm-hmm. okay? but basically they're government agencies. Freddie Mac doesn't even have a, uh, limit on their credit score. So I can run something through with zero credit score, minimal, it might go through, it might not. It takes into effects the property. It takes into effects the history of the credit without a score, how many assets they have, how long they've been on their job. Fannie Mae, you have a certain credit score and we have to run it at 620, okay? Um, certain, the agencies, certain of them have certain guidelines for how much you need for documentation. Some of them will allow one-year tax returns when you're self-employed. Some of them will require two. Normally, Freddie Mac's a little more lenient. I do a lot of Freddie Mac's. Some of them on refinances, especially, ask, we don't need appraisals. Freddie Mac is more lenient on getting appraisal waivers. So I can refinance you if they think the property is real and it's strong in the value I put, they won't even ask me to do an appraisal. So there's just little intricacies, something that you never really should have to worry about as a real estate agent. That's why you need to work with a professional. Absolutely. And so can you explain also the difference in the loan process when it comes to buying a resale residential property versus new construction? There shouldn't be that much of a difference other than reading your sales contracts. So builders, when you buy from a builder, the borrower pays all the closing costs. It doesn't matter what county you're in. They pay dock stamps. They pay county stamps. There's normally water irrigation fee hookups, builder fees. They just have to know that because it's going to cost them more unless you do your jobs as a real estate professional and ask and negotiate for the builder to pay all of the closing costs. Okay. 
When you buy a resale in Collier County, the standard contract is that the buyer pays title insurance and selects the title company and the seller pays doc stamps. However, it is negotiable, and I've seen people who do it different ways, and that's why it's really important to review the contracts. In Lee County, the seller pays the title work and picks the title company, and they pay doc stamps. So it's really, I have a new agent that I'm actually working with at Marzuko, and um, she wasn't, she didn't know. And she wrote up the contract a little different and we're in the middle, we're getting it fixed. And, you know, that's why it's so important because when we went to, when we go to closing, the borrower would have needed so much more money if we didn't fix it up front. And that's the other importance. Don't use your friends in the business. I mean, really you, whether it's me or somebody from the Maxwell mortgage team, you want to use somebody who really knows what they're doing, who's going to help you to make, to not make those mistakes because you're Mm -hmm. here to protect your clients. Absolutely. And, you know, when starting the loan process, how important is it to educate your buyers and run them through a list of things of not to do? Like, what are some of the things that you see that buyers often do? I know you mentioned earlier, like buying a car mid-process. So I even put out commandments. And when you get to know me, I always give my realtors if they want to keep it for their clients. If you have cash under your mattress at home or your friends owe you money and now you're all of a sudden going to collect, don't do it all at once and throw it in the bank and then come to me and want to close in 30 days. <laughs> I cannot, if you can document large deposits, you can't write me a letter and deposit 10 grand and tell me it was under your mattress and Joe and Judy and Lucy owed me money and they all paid me back because we, we need to document where money comes from. That's the, that's the biggest thing I see as assets. Like even when I tell people and educate them, it's just something about it. They like to throw in cash when they're buying a home and think it's going to make it look better. But if I can't document it, it doesn't. And normally I have to back it out. There have been many times we've had to redo a sales contract and back out the earnest money because they go to the um, title company with cash. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't care if the title (laughs) company accepts it. We don't, unless you're going to pay cash for the house. I had that same thing happen. (laughs) Not not that exact same thing, but a couple months ago, um, we were probably about two weeks away from closing and my buyer goes out and buys a brand new Silverado and I'm like, no, why'd you do that? And then the loan fell through. He lost his escrow deposit and I'm like, see, if he was with me, we would have figured it out though. Yeah. That's <laughs> why my next deals are coming through you guys. <laughs> but it does happen. People get excited. How about going to buy furniture? That's why I send my little commandments when I do my um, welcome letter. If you send me a contract, I happen to send a welcome letter. I introduce myself to the escrow agent. I send it to you and to the borrowers. And I tell them the do's and don'ts of the commandments, and you're included on there. And I also ask you, hey, realtor, can you go see if the seller has a prior survey and elevation certificate or a prior wind mitigation? Let's see if we can save the borrowers some money. Mm-hmm. Hey, title agent, send me a copy of the escrow check as soon as you get it in. You know, so we're all on that same thing. So we know a little bit about what's going on. That's smart. It's teamwork. So, you, so you'd agree communication is probably the number one thing between a team of an agent, the title company, and then the mortgage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love an agent when they send me a contract and they, when I get a contract in from somebody and it just has their first name at, at the, you know, on the, um, 
Uh, you know what I'm talking about on the email. Yeah. I'm like, can you please give me your full name with you know who you're <laughs> with? And if you could, you know, put the name of the title company and their contact, it just makes it so much easier that we can all start communicating right away. Yeah, absolutely. Because remember, it's not just me. I have a team. It's going to go to my disclosure department. We want to put all that information in correctly so that we're all communicating and you get updates throughout the process. Mm-hmm. What, what are some areas this is, you know, for myself and, and some of my, uh, some of the, some of the team that we have, we have um, colleagues, if you will. What are some areas uh, that you see often where uh, realtors make mistakes, and and what do you wish that we all could be doing better? Well, I know this seems silly, but the correct address on the contract and the correct zip code. That 30, bad? Thirty really? percent or wrong zip codes, or you know, it will be ten thirty one, and it should be ten thirteen. 34120s versus 34117. So, I mean, I happen to check them, but let's just say I'm out for a day and somebody else is doing it. My staff might think that that, you know, that's golden, but I actually always pull up the Collier County public records. Make sure you have the correct spellings of the seller's names and all of them on there. It's real simple. You go to Collier County appraiser and you pull it up. So, things like that. Something that we skipped over and I didn't mention, this is pretty important. On FHA, there's something that's called a 91-day flip rule. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. I've heard of it, but I'm not exactly familiar what it means. So let's just say you're out with one of your investors, and you guys go find a property, and you close on it November 1st, because it's a great deal. It's a foreclosure, right? And you want to sell at FHA? You can't put a contract on that house on FHA until 91 days from the date that that deed you bought that house. Okay. And that's very important because USDA doesn't have that seasoning requirement. Conventional doesn't have it and neither does VA. But FHA is so important. So one of the first things I do when you give me an FHA loan, not only do I pull up to make sure the zip codes are right and the addresses, I also make sure when was the last time the seller purchased it. Because doesn't happen a lot, but 10% of the time. And if I close 700 loans a year, if I didn't look 70 times, it could have you know, been a mistake. So I say, hey, let's switch the loan to a conventional or USDA, or will they be willing to wait? Yeah. So those are things you have to know. But I would say simple things, just contracts with spellings of names and super important. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you, people I, get excited. I mean, I get it. They get excited. Yeah. And so they're just writing it down and... I look at the contract like 20, I, I, I send it to you or send it to Josh. Yeah. I, yeah, I have a bunch of different eyes on it to say, even if I think it's right, I'm like, man, I just want to make sure, make sure. And then when I send it, I'm like, looking at the email. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm, I, I'm usually squinting my eyes and rubbing my eyes, looking at the contract, making sure everything is right. And I'm like, I'm, I don't want to sell them property. That's <laughs> wrong address. Well, like I said, people get excited, but it, yeah. definitely double checking that is really important. So both my parents were real estate agents from from the late 80s. um, And in their time in real estate, real estate was more so between the brokerages was like more me, me, my mind. I don't really want to work with your brokerage. I want to kind of keep everything in house type of thing. How important is it nowadays, especially with with social media and all that kind of stuff for us to come together as agents and not so much? um, Because I've been on the phone calls. Of course, you've probably been on phone calls before where an agent calls you to get information about your property, but they're super rude, and it's like, "Hey, man, we're on this. You know, we're on the same team here. We don't have to. We don't have to be rude to each other. You know, we're we're trying to both get the deal done and both make sure our clients are happy with the deal. So, how important is it in today's day to to come together as real estate agents 
and not with that bickering that some my parents kind of had in the late 80s, early 90s when they were agents. Well, first of all, it's so important because let's face it, Collier County is a really small town. Yes. You never know which agent that's going to sell your house is going to be the next listing agent that you're going to go to. So with being so competitive, if you have a buyer and you guys aren't getting along when you're selling the house, he's not going to accept your next offer because he doesn't want to work with you again. So I always just everybody just be nice. Like, I get it. We're going to have differences. We don't even always have to like each other, but respect each other, I think is pretty important. Yeah. And I had, I had a deal on July we closed where we, we nego- I negotiated it with the agent and it was a, one of those villas with two, two villas with a pool and Verona walk. And, um, most of them were going for at that time around three Oh five to like three fifteen, And he had it listed for three twenty nine. And so I called him and I said, Hey, you know, um, we, we want to put an offer in, we're not asking for closing costs. Um, I just want to let you know, the offer is going to be coming in at three ten, and they're going to be doing conventional loan with 20% down. And he said, absolutely not. They won't, they won't go for it. That's not what they want. And he started being real rude with me. And I said, Hey man, we're, we're working together on this. Just, could you please relay that over? I'm writing up the contract as we speak. Could you just relay that over to your sellers and see if we can make this work. And he started getting more rude with me, almost like he was the owner on the property and I disrespected him somehow. And I said, Hey, I just, you know, it's not an unreasonable offer. We're not offering 200 on your $329,000 listing. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to go through. So I'll, I'll let them know. I said, okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. He goes to his sellers and they accept it. He calls me back and he says, well, yeah, they're, they're accepting it. And I'm expecting like, hey, man, you know, maybe maybe an apology or, or <laughs> sorry for I was a little rude earlier. Um, heard nothing back from him. And now we're currently doing another deal together. And I call him and said, hey, how you doing today? You know, I, I see, <laughs> see, you know, we're putting an offer on your property. And um, this time he was a little bit nicer with me. But, you know, it, it didn't have to be like that the first time. So it's it's like you said, it's a very <laughs> small town. And you you'll end up doing deals with some of the same people. Do you think that do you think that's because we you know they everybody wants to be tough on text or social media or, or over the phone? But if seeing them in person, do you think that's a a thing? You know, I mean, maybe maybe he would have acted differently if you saw him out yeah. at like a YPN event or something. I yeah, don't know. it could have been different. You know, you never know. You're always going to have certain people that are just going to be like that but you know they could have had a bad day you know they could have had a a sickness we we don't know you know we all think we know but we just don't know what goes on in other people's lives at certain times of the year we we don't yeah fair enough and we're about to head into the holidays here with the the stress of that going on with COVID. (laughs) (laughs) so just like there's real estate agents and we kind of you know talked about that you know every other person you could throw a rock and hit a, a real estate agent um just like that there's mortgage loan originators out there you know rick and i have over the summer it's, it's kind of become a not a joke but it's just everybody wants to, to take us out for coffee and and try to get our our clientele um etc so there's we can if definitely they took t- me out for cuban food they might get a little more of my business <laughs> i didn't really even know there were other mortgage people in the in the area because you slammed <laughs> But, you know, there's, there's a ton of competition there and everybody needs to eat. And I feel some, you know, I feel kind of bad for some of the guys, but what advice would you give a new MLO just starting out or better yet, if Lauren was to flashback, go back and and speak some words of wisdom in the 20 year old Lauren, what, what, 
what would you do to start brand new all over again? Well, number one, answer your phone. Number two, answer your emails. Under-promise and over-deliver. And just because you have a good month, one month, don't take a vacation and be gone. Be consistent. I, I don't think there's any, I don't think it's brain surgery. It's just that I was always hungrier than I think most. So like when I wanted to have a great month and I did, I didn't care how much, how many loans I closed or I still don't or how much money I make. I don't just, I never go on vacation. I, I like to be here. I still get excited. I want to beat my own records every month or every year. So just do the right thing under promise over deliver, but always answer your calls. I, there are people, you know, that they just, they want to be a loan officer because yeah, the money's great, but if you really don't want to work at it full-time, it's not a part-time job. I'm going to tell you right now. So if you're looking for it to be part-time, you'll make part-time money when the market's good. And then you'll starve when it's not because you're not going to be the go-to and the call person there. I've just made myself be the staple of this community that I'm always here. And that means a lot to people. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something um, at the meeting, that the training that we just did um, that Josh did at Marzuka Real Estate. You said, even to this day, I leave business cards at McDonald's, Burger King, wherever I go to, to stand out. <laughs> so this is true story. So I have, you know, I drive nice cars. That's my little thing. I don't travel. I, I just drive nice cars. Okay. So I go through, I'm a McDonald's freak. I love fast food, Burger King, wherever I am. So people who take my order from the drive-thru always like to, oh my God, what kind of car is that? And, and I give them my card. I said, I'm just going to let you know, you could drive this one day too. Because when I started out in the mortgage business, I was making $17,000 a year. Mm. It, I wasn't motivated by money. I was motivated by passion and I love what I do, but anybody can do it in a million years. I never thought I would close these kind of loans. I didn't even know what this kind of, you know, money making was the truth. So I just love what I did. If you love what you do, I tell them you could be, you can own franchises of McDonald's, just outwork everybody else. And I truly mm -hmm. believe that to this day, if you outwork other people, I believe you will succeed. And, you know, just to kind of digress a little bit, which like, how do you earn a real estate agent's trust? Especially like for me, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, for Rick, I mean, he'll, he'll check out different options. If you save my butt in an emergency, then I'm probably going to use you every time. But how does a new MLO reach these, these agents that already have, uh, people and build trust with them? Well, they have to work for a good company that they know they can count on. So it's not just them. You could be the best salesperson in the world. If you don't have good processors and good underwriters and a good manager who knows how to get to the finish line. You have nothing. So I have, um, I have this one tip that I think is, is gold for some of the, and you say, you know, going above and beyond and willing to do things others aren't, but with doors open connect with our platform, what I tell agents too, I'm like, you know, stop, or, you know, stop trying to take us out to, for coffee, et cetera. Go sit in open house, you know, from one to four, talk about your product. You know, obviously you can't sell real estate, but go sit with the, you know, go sit, from one to four, cover an open house for another agent, get those leads that come in, get somebody pre-approved, and then bring them to the agent that you're targeting. Hey, I've got a pre-approved buyer ready to go, came through an open house. That right there, I mm -hmm. think, will, I mean, if you did that to me, I would, I'd be like, whoa, whoa. anybody else, I, you know, I'd be like, oh, all my, I'll bring, I'll send them to you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, That's a great idea. Now you have to make sure they can close them. 
Right. Like I yeah. said, you know, newbies, it's not that they might not want, they might have all the drive and they might be super smart and personable. But again, if you're not with the right company, it doesn't mean okay. a thing. And yeah. you know that you won't get to the finish line. So you can go all the way and then fall through. We, Absolutely. We call it getting on the bull. Yeah. And it's not it's, even their fault. I feel bad. But if like, you know, if they're great and they're working for, you know, a company mm-hmm. or a branch, let's just say who does 3 million a month. Do you think if they, you know, have a rush or they have a problem that they're going to get to the top people when they're doing three million a month in a branch, or do you think a company that we're doing fifty million a month in a branch is going to get to the top people in seconds like this? Mm-hmm. And it really it means a lot. The I, I'm very curious. I didn't have this on my document here, but can you name a specific event? You don't have to name names, but what was one of the most challenging loans that you and you had to get creative? To get it to go through every day uh, <laughs> i've had a client that well really most of it what will happen is the day before let's just say it got extended the builder wasn't ready in time and okay i actually i remember one now okay, okay. so the builder wasn't ready in time by the time they were ready the credit report expired Ooh. Points dropped 80 points, and we were already on the edge because she, her daughter was in a car accident with her car. So now it came oh out boy. with the car was negative, and I couldn't get updated pay stubs because it was during COVID. And she was a hairdresser, so her income has went down. She had $38,000, and this was a woman that we were working with for two years to try to fix her credit and fix everything, and we're guiding it. We worked so hard. She went and got a different job. She ended up, we fought with the credit to, you know, take that off of there so we can get her credit score back up. And it was an FHA loan. And when we closed, literally, she brought things here. She was crying, screaming. The realtor was happy. She was, it was life-changing for her. So we have a lot of them that like that. But that, since that was so recent, I mean, everything that could have went wrong with this poor woman went wrong. That's, that's awesome. That's, that gives me goosebumps to hear that. Cause that's, that's why I got into real estate was not just cause I kind of had a cheat sheet growing up cause both my parents were real estate agents. But, um, for me and I know a lot of the agents in our office as well, we don't really look at the numbers of our commission or how much we're making. It's more so how many families can we help, mm-hmm. um, each month. So that's, that gives me goosebumps. I know it gives the Sean goosebumps when we hear stuff like that. Cause it's like, you just helped out a family that needed help. And that's what, what more gratification can you get than that? That right? is, that's what makes me tick. So mm-hmm. I save every email that comes, every card. I have people who will come in, they make me cups, they bring gifts and they'll stalk my Facebook page and they'll actually look at what I like and they'll make them with sparkles and put my um, name on there. It's wonderful. But really that makes me tick. So yeah. I love that. And I save it for years. We have a big brag book. And we move it in there, and um, that's our excitement. That's we still great. get excited. I mean, I still scream sometimes, and we get these hard loans done, whether it comes through USDA or FHA. I, we scream like, oh, my God, <laughs> we got a clear to close. Like, It's a very gratifying moment. Yeah. Every clear to close I get excited about. Beautiful. At my closings, I always get like confetti stuff, and I pop it all over the place. I'll kill and you. Then, don't do that here. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. I'll vacuum it all up. I'm very good at cleaning. Um, so I have kind of a scenario for you. And, of course, you've. You've probably dealt with this a million times. Um, Deshaun and I both have as well, and I'm currently dealing with it right now. So let's say I have someone that's looking to buy, they have good credit, um, and the inventory is down like it is, of course, 30, 
and they're considering, you know what, I'll just wait and I'll rent. Um, but there is options out there that they like to buy, but they're a little scared because they're not sure about buying, but they know renting is easy. Um, what advice and how do you help agents um, talk to their, their, their clients about, hey, you know what, buying is actually way better than it is than renting. And we can help you out with that. So what, what do you do to help out those agents when communicating with their buyers that are kind of going back saying, maybe I'll just be a renter for now? Well, there's first, last, and security you're giving to uh, uh, another tenant, right? What happens if the tenant owns the house and they don't pay their bill? They could be evicted. I mean, that happens more than you think. Mm -hmm. You can't change your wall color. If you want to put hardwood, you can't. You can't get an animal or a pet. If you leave the garbage out, you could get letters. (laughs) You can't, some places you can't have certain pickup trucks. There's so many. It's not yours. Mm -hmm. You're borrowing. Do you really want to have your family raised in a borrowed property? I mean, to me, that that's a huge thing. You're giving. Why not take that money first, last, and security, put it in down payment? You're building homeownership. Plus, when you go do your tax returns, there's nothing to write off. So when you own a home, you can write off all your mortgage interest, your property taxes. You can't do that when you rent. Mm-hmm. Those are things. And then we have some other programs that when you have somebody really on the edge, it's called an MCC product. It's a mortgage certificate credit. A lot of people don't know about it because it's a lot of extra work and you have to be licensed. We use it when people don't qualify. They're like 40 grand off for qualifying for a home that they want. There's a credit you can get them that they can get up to $2,000 back dollar for dollar every year from the IRS. And we look at that for qualifying somebody like it's $167 less than a payment. So we could help you sell in that way. I just need to know all the criteria. What are their objections? And then bring them in. Let's talk to them. Awesome. And we can do comparisons. Hey, this is what it's going to be like. If you pay 1500 a month in rent, it's like you're paying 1800 in a mortgage. So don't worry. If you might think it's $300 difference because your dream house, it's not. Because by the time you do your taxes and we get you your mortgage certificate credit, you're, it's like you were paying rent. And now you have home ownership and you're building equity. And you're never going to get rates this low again. And some, awesome. sometimes you're paying less on a mortgage than you would your rent. Most of, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time. Right now at these great rates. You hear that, people? Buy, don't rent. Um, so I have another scenario for you. And go to Ricky. Yeah, and go to me. <laughs> Come to me. Um, so I have another scenario for you. Um, I've experienced this recently, too, as well. And I have a buyer that was one of my friends from high school that I reconnected with years and years later. And I didn't recognize him because her last name, of course, was different. And she's like, no, you might remember my last name as this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you from high school. And she's like, well, um, my family and I are looking to buy a home. Um, We're having another kid, so our family's expanding. We've been renting for years. Our credit's not that great. What's our first steps? I, of course, directed them over to Cross Country, which Cross Country is doing a phenomenal job, um, which is probably why you guys are partnered with them. (laughs) Um, And so what, what kind of structure do you guys do to help out people with bad credit that's saying, Hey, you know, I don't have to buy now, but in the next couple of years, it's very important for me to buy because my family's expanding or things like that. So what's kind of a structure that you guys do? Cause I know there's some mortgage companies out there that's like, Oh, just credit karma and go figure it out and come back to us later on. So we have a software program that I use within our own credit technologies program. And from there, I actually do a simulator. I have all their balances. I know if it's going to be beneficial for them to either get disputes removed or get balances down or pay off collections. Normally, you don't 
paying off collections isn't going to help you, but I play with everything, and we find out the cheapest way and the soonest way to get them to the score they need to be, and I print it out for them. I give them a complimentary copy. I tell them what they need to do, and if you follow these guidelines, it's going to work. And I would say, no joke, we do that for 35% of our clients. Because mm-hmm. even if they don't need the higher score to qualify, I want them to work on it because by the time we go to get them locked in, if their score is higher, their rate or their fees will be less. So why not save the money down the road? Yeah. Okay. So they can still do it even though if they say, okay, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. I have that 580. Well, look at it. It's only going to cost you 800 bucks. You'll get to a 620. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Yeah. I'll still process your loan. I just won't lock your loan in to your final rate, you'll still have your house until we need to. And I, as long as I can lock it before 10 days before closing, I'm okay. So we can still process have the appraisal order and everything. And I think that that's, that's, that's amazing. Cause I think that's one of the, the great things that makes your team stand out. Cause I don't know how many MLOs that, um, I've, I've talked to that's like, no, we just send them to credit karma and you know, we let them figure it out. And I'm just like, okay, do you ever call them back ever again? They're like, no, not really. Just, you know, we'll just wait for them to come back. And I'm, I'm like, man, that's, you, that's not a good way to, to keep business or, or create new business. Well, to, right? you know, that's the same rule. You know, in any business, 80% of the people don't really, they're not successful. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have 20% of the people who are. And I feel that my team has 20, has the 20% who work yeah. their butts off. I bet if we walked over to my sales side right now, at least five of the guys would still be over there. Oh, yeah. And and you even put educational uh, material in your, your gift baskets, don't you? Right, Like something to keep goals and things to keep track of? So each year I try to figure out how to better my business or better myself and do something different. And I tweak it a little bit. But about so three years ago, I decided to hire a business concierge. Um, what that person does is, well, prior to COVID went to almost every one of my closings and it wasn't just about bringing a basket, right? but it was about bringing homestead information. If it's a primary home, it was about, um, whether it was the Collier County, um, utilities, whatever it is. She also looks at their information and says, okay, this is what they make a month. This is what their payment is. We know they can afford this extra. I'm going to tell them if they pay this, this is how long it will take them for their home to be paid off. If you pay this little extra, it will be paid off in 25 years, 2015, whatever the number will be. So it is educational. But then you know how many people go to closings and then they don't get a first payment bill or something messes up with the insurance or they get a call from a servicer. Hey, was my loan sold? Now they have that go-to person. We don't just leave them once we close. We really try to become their lender for life. And that's why we retain so many of our refinances. You know, I think think that's... Probably the biggest reason why that 80% of MLOs are just not successful because you don't get paid for that extra education of educating them, but you know, they think, oh, well, I'm not going to pay to educate them. So we're going to close the deal. Who cares if I help them get their credit score better in the next 30 days? And I think that's, um, that's awesome. And that's probably one of the reasons why you guys stand out so much is because you actually care about the people that are, are, are buying homes instead of just saying, oh, your, your, your deal's done. Okay, see ya. You know, you're not, you're I, not ready. hasta la vista, baby, you know? Oh, it's true. Well, then because they remember you, then they send you, oh, I'll get these thank you cards that are so nice, even for one of my staff or my processors or my assistants, like, hey, it was so wonderful working with them. What a great staff. I get that a lot. Your team is so amazing. They're so kind. They were always there to answer my calls. That makes me super proud because mm-hmm. obviously I can't answer every call. I surround myself with people who, who do that for me. Got to mm-hmm. have a team. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and speaking of team, uh, you know, can who's some of the let's, let's talk about your team. Who who do you have here? What what are the processes that each individual uh, does here that puts it together? Okay, so I have a huge team now, but it wasn't always like this. You learn and you grow, and you learn that you can grow if you add people. So I have a huge staff. So I have two receptionists. Both are bilingual. Very important. We live in a mm-hmm. very bilingual community. Right. So do you know that at least 50% of my clients all speak Spanish? And I don't speak any of it, but I've surrounded myself with everybody who does. Wow. I have three loan officer assistants for myself. I have a disclosure department. So when your loan's taken in and now we disclose and we have all the documents signed by the clients, they, I have a disclosure department that does that all within here. Actually, my son runs that department. I have openers now who order your appraisals and they order the simulators or the update on the credit scores that we help with. They order the verifications of employment. We order everything from water tests, from insurance. We go the extra mile and as soon as we take a loan in, I get them five insurance quotes. So you're going to know up front and not the day before closing. Oh yeah, well we need a wind mitigation to bind. I bet that's happened to you before. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's the most (laughs) nerve wracking thing. I'm like, you've had 45 days. How come you haven't told me this uh, on day 10 or day 15? You waited for day 44. We do that on day one. When we open that file, we get quotes and then I say, Hey, do you have this? Anyway. Um, so we have that department, then it goes to my processor, and she or he looks at the file, and I have a front end and a back end is the way I work. I have somebody who structures the deal, gets it to underwriting, it comes out. I have a back end person who reviews it, makes sure we needs everything, understands it, sends it to the clients, and then follows up and works with them, and then it goes back for a clear to close, and I have one closer. She's amazing. She closed 187 loans for me last month. Oh. All right. How do you like that? I mean, so I have a team. It's like she's been texting me now. I review every closing statement. So I actually take the time and I'm really hands on. I review my closing statements to make sure they're correct. That's the other thing. Most loan officers don't even know what a closing statement is. Hmm. I mean, you want to make sure your cash to close to your borrower is going to be right. right. Correct. Yeah. And yep. if you see they're collecting too much here or something's going on here, it's a problem. You want to be involved. So I'm super hands on. People think I'm a freak. <laughs> okay, they definitely think I over manage, but it got me to where I am today. And yeah. I really think that being hands on is very important. So not just taking the deal in and running with it, let everybody else. It's a team effort. I don't ask anybody to do anything that I won't do myself. And I, I still bind insurance all the time. I'm like, no, I need a better quote. But hey, and I send it out to five people, get me better than this. I know you can shop it harder. And we do this all the time. So my clients are so happy. I had a guy who was buying a, with a builder, and he didn't know. He's a he's a USAA guy. He's been a veteran for years. He got a quote for $4,267 in an area on a new home that I've never bound insurance for more than nine fifty dollars a year. And it's not even my client. It was one of my other guys, but I happened to have been on the email. And I picked up the phone, and I said, Mr. So-and-so, I said, look, you do whatever you want. If you want to spend your money that way, that's okay, but I have to educate you. And he goes, well, they didn't get me any quotes because I told them not to. I said, can you just let me do it? And then you decide. You compare. I sent it out to my five agents. I said, here, quote this. The next morning I had it. He just bound it for eight twenty a year. I mean, he was going to spend wow. 4260 because he didn't know. Wow. Right? Hmm. So if you don't help and educate your buyer, thank gosh I was happened to have been on that email. Like I said, it wasn't even my client. But it just it bothered me. I don't want to see somebody get ripped off. No, not at all. That's crazy. So that's our team. So we have over uh, 23 people for support staff here. You know, 
but you know, we do do between 35 and 50 million a month. It was not always like this. So as we do more and as we grow, I hire more. I'd much rather be, have more people than not enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So one heck of a team here. Yeah. So uh, not to beat a dead horse with a stick, but it's the holidays. What shouldn't people do if they're looking to buy soon or in the early 2021? What they shouldn't do is spend a lot of money on credit card debt. Give each other gift cards for a mortgage. So put money in each other's savings account and checking account so that this way your family can be in a home that you own and you all live together where you don't have to have a renter. You can buy your kids a puppy next year if you own a home this year. It's the truth, though. Don't spend money on that. It's just so commercial nowadays. You know, do things that matter, that make a difference. And I truly believe that. Right. Which commandment is that one? <laughs> don't deposit cash. Don't go buy a car. <laughs> Let's see. Don't loan your friends money. I'm not sure. It might be number six, okay? Perfect. Go shopping here at the Maxwell Mortgage Team. I'll tell you what. I'll open your, your own savings program. If you save up to 1000 bucks. then I'll I'll put in $500 for you. How's that? Okay, you're That's the only MLO in the world that does something that nice. <laughs> I would. I like that. I mean, I think it's just so important. It would be my pleasure to be able to give you $500 to go towards your appraisal or whatever but it's real money because these are things you'd have to pay for. So that's our right now. That's my thing. Anybody who listens and finds me from here and sends the clients, it's a five. If they save that thousand dollars since they've been come, you know, since they come to you and they show me, I'll give them five hundred dollars. Look at that. Wow. Okay, I'm writing this down so I don't forget because I'm old. All right. Okay, five hundred dollar credit. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> heard it. Heard it here from Lauren Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Oh, you better listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And just so you know, I do do that as well for my homes for heroes, for my veterans, for my firemen, for my police, and for my nurses, and for my teachers. I am giving right now. I give $500 credit towards closing costs. Wow. Which, by the way, happy Veterans Day today. Happy Veterans Mm -hmm. Day. That's what I forgot to tell my husband. Happy Veterans Day. He's a veteran. We got to tell him. And if you listen, happy Veterans Day. Oh, there you go. You got him a shout out (laughs) over a podcast. That's better than anything. You You were waiting for the podcast to say that. I right. actually forget. And it's <laughs> terrible because I sent out a huge email, you know, I, on our social media, I sent out to all of my realtors and old clients It all went out for happy veterans. Day. It's really important to us. We oh, love absolutely. our veterans. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you're also involved in, in some charities around here. One in particular I wanted to talk about, which is the toy drive here. Um, can you explain a little bit more about that? So we do a lot of things with a local pastor and a Makale who really, I don't know what these families or children would do without this gentleman. Its name is Pastor Arnie Coons. We've been dealing with it for years helping, whether it's Halloween and getting them costumes back to school and backpacks. Um, Thanksgiving, we go out. I actually take my kids out there, and we go out there, and we bring meals. And for Christmas, we have a toy drive, and we'll have a big box here. And what I do is I ask all of my realtor partners, title companies, surveyors, insurance, please come and drop off a gift, and whatever we collect, I match. I think last year we collected 200, and we matched 200 presents. And they come in. Um, Arnie Coons picks it up. Actually, Patrick Dearborn's really active in here and a lot of other local realtors, and it's wonderful to see the community come together, and we love to be part of that. But this is so important because, guys, these children would not have anything. I've been out there I, years ago. I have children in my late 20s, and when they were little, I used to take them out there, and we would go out, and there would be trailers and chickens running through the trailers, and 
it was great for my kids to see. At that point, we would bring out shoes all the time. What was it, Payless we had? And mm-hmm. I would teach my kids math. So I would say, hey, look, at here's $200 each of you. Who can get the most amount of shoes for this amount of money? And it was, it was great for my kids to learn. And then we go out there, and they really saw that even though they live in this world of Naples, not everybody lives that way. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward, I have another daughter now who's 11. I had a late child, and she has no clue, or she had no clue about anything else other than the la-la land we live in, right? I started taking her out there a few years ago, and it's still the same. I mean, it really does look like a third world country. It's really sad that we actually still have this going on. We're still Collier County. Right. I mean, the trailers that you go in, these families of seven children, and their stove is outside under a carport, and they're in two rooms there. But you know what was really cool about it? The kids who would come out to greet us, and we had little gift cards for them and all these presents and food, they were smiling happy. They didn't know that there was any difference in the world. So they were no happy. They were probably happier sometimes than our own kids who get moody because they don't get, right? They were so happy, these adorable little kids. And the nice part is they're not following in their family's footsteps as far as not wanting to learn or educate themselves. These are all educated children who speak perfect English. Most of the one parent at home and the other one was working didn't even speak English and still, you know, so they just don't know how to teach it to their kids. So obviously the county and the school is doing well for that, but they don't have money to have presents. If you saw the way they lived, you wouldn't believe, I mean, their whole place was, you guys aren't here, but we're in a conference room right now. And whoever's listening, their whole place that they lived in with the two bedrooms and the one bathroom was smaller than this whole conference room. Wow. Okay. And like I said, they're Stove was outside and refrigerator was outside, like plugged in through um, extension cords under a carport. So it is a different world. So these kids would have nothing. So whether it's toiletries you want to pack or gifts, whatever it is, we always are giving. Um, we could use your help and it would be great for Collier County. And that's drop it off by December 17th. Mm-hmm. Correct? They're going to pick everything up here then. So well, looks like doors open connects. Got some gifts that we got to we got to bring by. Got to do a little something, something, you know, get mm-hmm. get involved with the uh, the community of the children. We're doing a turkey drive uh, next week. Yep. And then yep. Uh, we got a toy drive that we're doing as well. So, yeah, that's we love that kind of stuff, too. That's yeah, giving back. The more you can give back. I mean, I sleep better at night knowing I gave most of my stuff back. Um, you know, that's, that's awesome. I love it. Well, what's the big picture and the future vision of the Maxwell team? Where do you see yourself and. Five, ten, fifteen. Before years. before you say that, in two thousand fifteen, when someone asked you, did you see yourself where you see yourself in five years? Did you uh you didn't say COVID, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was shock. wrong in two thousand fifteen <laughs> about their five year goal. So we're gonna pretend like there's no COVID in five years or nothing crazy like that. So I you know, I don't look out like that far and I don't have goals like that. My Life is, I just like to do the best I can every day. I, I always like to do more than I did the year before, but it's getting tough because I am going to hit a number this year that I never thought I'd hit. Wow. Um, I'm so grateful that I have these, you know, great healthy children, a great husband, a great career. I have the most amazing staff that's like my family. My parents are still here. My in-laws are still here. I mean, my life is freaking great like so I don't want to say where I'll be in five years. I just would like to still be in the business. I'd like to be on top. And I would still like to be growing and be mentoring people to come in so that one day I'll be able to turn over my legacy. But if I could say where I'm ever going to be, I'd like to die at my desk when I do in a file. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, I don't care if it's 103. Okay. I do see myself working forever. 
<laughs> she loves to work. Do you, do you see yourself branch you the Maxwell team branching out to other cities outside of Southwest Florida? So I already have an amazing branch in Kissimmee. Okay. And I have a small branch in Ohio that's under the Maxwell oh, wow. Mortgage team. I have a small branch in Pennsylvania. I don't go looking for branches when people come to me or say, "Hey, I have an opportunity. Are you interested?" It's all about team building with the people. I have to like them. Okay. So I don't care if it's really busy in the Charlotte area. I'm not going to go search for it. I just, you know, it's just if it will happen. And yeah. between our teams, you know, I think we're going to hit about um, over almost 500 million this year. Wow. And um, so I guess if I had to have one goal for 2021 to 2022, I'd like to build it to where we do a billion dollars. How's that? I, th- I think you're on Man, the- how many families is that? I'm trying to run the numbers in my head. I'm like, I don't even know if I can count that high of how many families you'd help well, out. Well, when we did the intro, I said 161 million in, in production. That was in 2019. You're but that all- was just me. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. So the branch, we did 1187 loans last year. I think we'll probably hit 13 or 1400 this year. Wow. I'm not sure. You'll Next podcast, I'll have some better information for you. There you go. That's That's a lot of families. Well, we're going to take you too much. I know you've been working 24 hours and uh, you probably want to get home, put your feet up a little bit and maybe, uh, you know, passively answer some emails. But um, what uh, where can people find you um, and what social media would you like to plug? Go ahead, plug your business. Where can people reach out to you? So they can call us at 239-596-0500. My email is lauren at maxwellmortgageloans.com. We are located in Naples at 9130 Galleria Court, Suite 101. And we're on, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. And what's most important, we're on Door Connect. Yeah, that's right. That's Absolutely. right. And you guys definitely want to come by this office because I'm telling you what, just to come in here and maybe grab a water and pretend that you need to use the restroom or something. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty immaculate. So. Um, just, well, yeah, it's like you said, I just want to sit down and sign something right now. You got something for me to sign? Oh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time with us. I know it was after work or after hours, and, and we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit down with us. Um, and uh, thank you so much. If there's anything else you'd like to add, go ahead. No, thank you. This was great. And um, I look forward to meeting every realtor I can out there. And seriously, guys, the only thing I would add, don't lose a deal. So if you're listening and your deal's falling apart, before you let it f- fall apart, call me. Give, it's really important. Give her a call. And that's because you have a 100% closing rate. That's if right. I take it, I close it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. It's like you're saying, can do, will do. That's right. We'll wrap it up now. Go ahead and please contact us at doorsopenconnect at gmail.com. You can always DM us with any questions um, or if you have any feedback on our episodes. Um, you can also find us at Doors Open Connect on IG, Facebook at Doors Open Connect LLC. And LinkedIn, it's still under Deshaun Robinson. Um, again, thank you so much, Lauren, for taking the time to sit down and, and uh, talk with us Um Go ahead and make sure you share with everybody so we can get everybody in on the loop. Um, Big shout out and thank you to all of our listeners, supporters. And until next time, we're going to keep those doors open so your deals stay closing. I'm Deshaw Robinson, and this is my co-host, Ricky Haas. And until next time, DOC signing out. (laughs) 